Good evening, Gavin. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 73 of our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran, and supporting the Jeff Astle Foundation. How's tricks, mate? Not too bad. I'm glad it's warmed up a little bit because it has been uh, cold this last bloody week, but the last couple mm. of days has turned it around for us a little bit because I keep going about this global warming. They're not about global warming. I've got to begin a bloody ice age sometimes. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? But thankfully, the better weather does seem round the corner. Corner, yeah, yeah. In probably, what, six to eight weeks, we're going to be putting the clocks forward. So, uh, better weather on the horizon. Last week, mm. again, you won the football forecast, TC. Absolutely mullered me. It's 7-4 to you. So, once again, you pick the music at the end of the podcast. But what have you sourced for us first with our magic moments this week? Well, I keep saying it every week. There's that many. It's, it's, it's unreal. Mm. Um, but I loved uh, Mbappé's second goal against... Um, Barcelona in the Champions League the other night. Um, there's that many great performances, you know, what what you're seeing. Um, Manchester City's performance again against Everton. You know, they're playing these teams and all they see, they, all these teams seem to do now is, is just sit back, you know, and, and expect it to get beat and hope that they may get a, you know, a, a goal from a, a dead ball uh, scenario from corner kicks, throw-ins, that type of thing, free kicks, or even penalties, you know. Um, but Man City's performances over this last, what, I mean, the book, the record, now, is that 16 straight wins? I believe now, because we did it on the podcast um, last week, is it 17? and it would have been 16 the weekend, it now is 17, 17 and counting, and you cannot see anybody getting close to City. Topics of the week, top of the pops is... Are teams frightened of Manchester City? It's a subject that, that you get your teeth into uh, almost daily on, uh, on on your Facebook accounts and you do on the podcast as well. Teams come out just to defend. And I was saying to Tom last night, you watch this game, Everton at home against Manchester City, it's like attack versus defence in training, isn't it? It is. Uh, and it's as though... You hit the nail on the head there because when you play these these uh, games uh, in training, mm. you know they set up a, a scenario whereas the first team will be playing the reserves mixed with some of the younger younger players, and every time the younger players won the ball, the the, the managers would stop it and yeah. say, uh, "Let's give it back to them," because they, they kept making mistakes. And what people what teams are doing now is they're so defensive-minded. And, and I'm talking about everybody practically barring Liverpool. Even Man United to sit deep yeah. when they're playing uh, Manchester City. So these teams, you know, uh, are making the game more of them. It's not the teams, it's the manager, because it's the manager. If you don't play to the manager's orders, you'll be out at, you'll be out at team. Is, is the Premier League now becoming uh, boring? Will the um, I thought when I say the authorities, the TV uh, people, will they take it to another country? Uh, because at least the other countries go out and uh, try to win the games, you know. Whereas the, the Manchester City teams are just not wanting to, either not wanting to play against them or just wanting to get the games out of way, and just sitting back. It, it becomes. I mean, what what City have done? Uh, 
or Guardiola has done is try to work a, a system what's going to well, well, well help them yeah. uh, get the results against the more defensive minded teams and um, what it is improved uh, the players uh, and the, the system to try and break that down so what, he, what he's done I mean everybody calls it a false number nine for me it's it, and again, it's opinions. I understand people having having their opinions on a false number nine. I don't look at it as a as a false number nine. I look at it that every player what they've got in that team, and that includes a goalkeeper, yeah. all can pass a ball. Yeah. I mean, the goalkeeper will hit a 40, 50, 60 yard pass. He did. Pass. Oh, no, he did. <laughs> Didn't he? Pass. For that one goal. You know what a pass. And by the way, there's a difference between see. People go on about me with long ball. What I'm talking about with long ball, I'm yeah. not saying that you, times that you don't hit balls in a channel. There's times when you will hit balls over the top for people to get into. Mm. And there's going to be times when you clear it. But majority of teams, right, get it and just oof it, get it, put it into Rosette yeah. and just to, to get it away. Now, it is a prime example with Manchester City and Man United. Now, you've got the two teams, what's it, first and second in, in, in the Premier League, mm. right? Uh, who did City play on Saturday? Tottenham. Tottenham. Absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, Mulligan. Destroyed them. Yeah. You know, all right, Tottenham played a little bit better at first half and, and look as though they were going to go out to um, give City a game and then they just sat back. Yeah. But when you look at City, like well, like I said, the off the ball movement is unreal. Yeah, they very rare give the ball away. Of course, they give it away, but it's very rare they give it away compared to the majority of the other teams. Get it back quick though, don't they? Right now, you take that game against Tottenham and you take the game against Everton. Yeah. Then let's look at Man United. Now, I'm not a City fan, as everyone knows, mm. but I admire teams. What will have a go? I admire Leeds United for with that with, with that football team. Yeah. If you take if you look at that and then you look at Man United against West Brom, mm. if you watch that game and analyse it, we get frustrated in England and you'll hear the fans, you'll hear, hey, we, 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 people watch football with me or if it's my kids watching it, they'll say, put the ball into the box, put the ball into the box. And I keep saying, what for? Put yeah. it for the centre-half, so let it clear. Yeah. Man United needed to win. Right? West Brom just sat deep and what Man United did was put the balls into the box. Yeah. And the two centre backs to West Brom just either headed it clear or kicked it clear. Making drink money. I mean, they were they had that much possession second half, Man United, mm. but it it became monotonous, and you knew what was going to happen. You knew United were going to throw it into the box, and you knew that West Brom were going to win it away. And that's what I tried to try to get through to people. The difference between Man City, they will not put the ball in the box. They will keep probing, coming out. But it's not slow passing when they when they come back out again. Yeah. And you see people running off the ball, and it has become now for me where it's becoming boring. A lot of these teams don't want to. Well, I'm not saying they don't want to play Manchester City. They want to get the game out of the way. Mm. And look and look to the next game. They're frightened of them. Man City Absolutely have the invincibility tag uh, to them at the moment. And the beginning of the season, it wasn't the case. They've gone on this unbelievable run. And I've got to say, I can see, we said this on the podcast last week, I can see City winning the treble and also winning the Champions League with that little bit of luck. 
I'm like you. But it's going to be difficult. I think the arc, you know, if any team is going to, if any team's going to do this, yeah, quadruple, yeah, it would be City, yep, with Guardiola. Yeah. I, I can't see other teams doing it. I really can't. Bayern you know. possibly are their only team yeah, that would yeah. stand in their way, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but when I say that, Bayern, if they put their mind to it, they could probably win their cup. Yeah. They only have one cup. Do they only have one cup then? They do in Germany. We have two in, in this country. The cups in foreign countries, whether it be Spain, Italy, Germany, wherever, they, they've always tended to take it not as serious as what we take yes. the League Cup and the FA Cup. It's the well, league, that's what pretty was, much. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was coming to. Yeah. Um, we've got the League Cup and the FA Cup, haven't they? So they've only got one cup. Yeah. So th- there's the treble. There would be the treble, the, uh, their FA Cup. Uh, the league title and the um, Champions League. Yeah. <clears throat> but City will try and win it. Majority of teams put weakened teams out in certain games. Yeah. City don't don't do it. No. And if they do do it, or when they do do it, they have got the really strength and depth to be able to uh, cover. Because they've been no weakness when they put these players in. The only the only cover that they haven't proper properly got is cover for um, Aguero. Everywhere else on the pitch, they have got cover two players for every position. However, up front, you're right. They don't play with that focal central striker. They have players that come alive in that final third. So in in essence, you take um, Aguero out. And it doesn't really change because they they're all capable of scoring goals and mullering you on any given day. Well, when you look at Guardiola's teams, mm-hmm. he's never played with big bo- uh, big no, not at all, no. he? He signed, he signed yeah. um, Eva Imabridge. Yeah, and then Ooh. I think after three months he thought, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to be throwing balls into the box. I mean, Imabridge is a great player, right? His teams have always been. Uh, about uh, controlling the game, yeah. You know, you get if you get one, we'll get two. But it's more than that with him because regardless of what people say about, if you look at his record with defending, is I mean it's like this season, they've conceded more uh, conceded less goals than anybody else. Yeah. But people said they're weak at the back. And what they do, that they throw men and everybody, everybody, joins in it. Listen, if, if that goalkeeper was allowed to join in, he wouldn't look out. He wouldn't look out of place if he went into midfield, would he? And I'm not joking about that. No, I, I think they will. I mean, I, I put up on on my Facebook page uh, the other day um, how many points will City win it by? The ten points clear. I think this season they could even win it by twenty points. And I think if if they are clear as I think that they will be, I, I can even see him playing either Rush goalie or playing Edison out. The <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more as well. well. Well, he goes mad because he turns around and says, and said that he's the best penalty taker at the club. Yeah. He, he, he wanted to take that penalty against Tottenham. Yeah. And uh, I, well, when you look at, when you look, <laughs> if, if Guardiola would say to him, join in, he would definitely join in. Oh, 100%. You know, now I'm going to put you on spot here. Go on. I mean, because I don't research like you research, which is brilliant. You know, I mean, in, in your job, because you're not only talking to me, you're talking to other people, and you got to 
got to to know um, what are the stats are. What I'm going to ask you is, what did Liverpool win the title with last season? How many points? Can't remember. They absolutely right. murdered everybody. The only reason why I've asked that, because when you turned around and said yeah. about winning 20 points, Guardiola will try and break that record. Yeah. Because it will hurt him that Liverpool won with 20-odd points. I don't know what it, what City have, uh, had won a year before, or that he's won two league titles. They broke all records, didn't they, by getting over 100 points? Yes. Um, so he, he, he will he will always, every season, want to win it and want to win it better. Yeah. Then And, and uh, that reminds me of my old gaffer, Clough, because exactly. when he said to Don Rebbe, yeah. you know, <coughs> I'm not saying, oh, I, but I just want to win it better than what you did, Don. And he said, you can't. You know, and it's not it's not being honourable about that. It's right. Yeah, the only you want to do better yeah. uh, than your father did. And you want your, when you want your kids to do better than what you did. Are you watching Manchester United, by the way, TC? So you I the was, TV, but I've just put the... Um, <coughs> Leicester. <coughs> the Tottenham one. Oh, okay. oh they're 3-0 up, ain't they, at they're half three, time? 3-1, they've got... 3-1. Oh, Fernandez just scored a tremendous goal. Running okay. off the ball, he's just dumb idiot. Got the ball back and he's just rolled his rolled his ankle and stuck it in the bag, 2-0 up in Sociedad. And that's another thing, what you've just said there, running off the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, these great teams run off the board. City do it better than any other team, barring Liverpool. But obviously, Liverpool's had a... They've had a poor season for their standards. Yes, they have. You know, but... but they set their standards so high, didn't they? You know, when I, I don't want people to think, you know, it's a poor season because the two seasons, it's incredible. Yeah. The two seasons, I think I think they only lost about three bloody games in yeah. two seasons. I know, it's in, it, it, might, it, is it might not have been that. Yeah. You know, but it, it, to keep that up, and you you are going to burn yourselves out. Yeah. You, you, you know, your Manchester Cities and, and, and not much of Man City because they do control the game and they know how to, they know how to get a breather into the game because they, they, pass, they pass a ball with accuracy and a purpose yeah. and a meaning. A meaning to try and score goals and a meaning to consume energy at certain times in a game. Yeah. You know, and until we start to... You don't have to copy someone because you want to stamp your own uh, coaching methods on, on the game. But you've got to be able to pinch and don't worry about pinching uh, ideas from other coaches. That's what makes you a good coach. That's what that's what uh, has made Guardiola uh, the coach he is. You know, we are Cruyffs, he learned from him, but yeah. he's, he's put his stamp on his, and he's, he's made his even better than than uh, Cruyffs. Absolutely. You know? Influenced by, yeah, and took it to another level. Yeah, and teams are so frightened of him. Yeah. You know, you get your, you'll get your Barcelona's, even with their ageing, they'd still have a go. Your Real Madrid's will always have a go because they've, they have to win. And they have to play in, with a certain style. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Mm-hmm. Now, if you lose, you're going to get the sack. That is a certain you won't get sacked with with those two clubs. But they cannot play another way. They can't play defensive. That you know the fans will not allow that. Um, and what we've, I look at what our fans think and what our managers think and what our pundits think about having a plan B. Plan Bs are only for for, for coaches. What don't have a good plan A? Yeah, improve plan A. And that's you know, mm. I'm not saying I'm right, but that's my philosophy, and that's how I see it. 
Absolutely, TC. My magic moments this week was Bellerin's goal against Leeds. Tremendous run by Saka and Smith Rowe was involved and the passing, the movement, the intricacy. And you're just willing that ball to go in the net because you can watch it time and time again. Emmy Martin saves for uh, for Aston Villa. He's turning out to be one of the signs of the season. Mentioned it earlier, Edison's pass. Unbelievable defense. Well, not a defense splitting pass, but he's pinned but it, it straight. He's straight over Sanchez. And, and uh, some, some guy had cheeked to turn around and say, uh, "Man, having a little dig at me." Manchester City play the long ball, then yeah. don't play the long ball. Or, you know, they don't they understand the intelligent game. They pass. do not understand no. the game because that is a pass. Oh, absolutely. A and when I talk about long ball precision. Game, I, I'm talking about people with no control, no thought, or yeah. no meaning, and just hitting the ball forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, in back, right. balls in behind, balls over the top at times, a, 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 a pass splitting, uh, game winners for you if yeah. it's right. What Manchester City do, and the best, the best teams do, they always put the ball in the favour. Of the man for their team. Of course they do. When it's, they're attacking in and around yeah. the goal, that's what they they're good at. They don't understand what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say to them about it. I, a... I, I get this one Sheffield Wednesday fan because I, I said that you know I won't watch Sheffield Wednesday to Pulis. What happened to Pulis? Yeah. Right. Sacked after ten games. Absolutely. Philosophy you know. football's all. And then he, cool. he, he threw a dig at me about Arteta. Arteta in his first season. Doing a great job. Won the FA Cup, yeah, and he won the um, Charity Shield. Now, yeah. this is this is the English public; they'll laugh at that. Mm. Let me tell you something: if I was managing Grimsby, I'd want to win the FL Trophy. Yeah, I'd try and win the FA Cup with no chance, but I'd try and win it. Mm. I'd try and win the League Cup, and I'd want to try and win the league title. What we think? Oh, uh, we need not to. Uh, Tyrus players out because we need to stay in league. There's more teams get relegated with that philosophy than there would be if they played the players on a regular on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're talking about Manchester City, there's that much fear, and it's becoming boring when you're watching them. Yeah. Um, Simon Stain he, he wrote the other day on, on my uh, wall about. Uh, he thinks Manchester City are looking to play balls more forward, and I try to tell you, I try to tell Simon they've always played the balls forward. Simon, yeah. the problem is <clears throat> there is no other team at this moment in time what has to play with that defensive minded mm. uh, to try and break down than what Manchester City do. So they have to overpass sometimes to pull people out. Absolutely. You know, You've that's, got to why, pass we, up, that's yeah. why we will always fail because we don't see the meaning of why they're doing it. They come up with ideas, it's a false nine. It's not a false nine. Mm. He's never played with a big number nine, has he? No, like Tony Barry Waddington it. said, it's like the working man's ballet and Manchester yeah. City are a great example of that. Mbappe's well, they've performance. Taken, they've, taken ballet, they've taken ballet to another 
to another point, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mbappe destroying Barcelona. I mean, it's frightening how good that kid is. And while we're talking about foreign forwards, uh, rest in peace to Argentinian legend Leopoldo Luque, World Cup winner in Argentina, 70. And you played against Leopoldo, I played didn't against you? him, against yeah, Leopoldo. when I was playing for Derby played. County yeah. after they won the, the World Cup uh, yeah. in a tournament in Spain. Atletico Madrid, Valencia... And River Plate, yeah. he played for River Plate. River Plate, didn't he? River Plate, and, uh, and 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 ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a, I didn't know that, but I've been over busy today, so it's a sad, sad bit of news because you know he's a great centre forward who I admired, um, in winning the World Cup, and even when we saw, we didn't see him as much what we see now, but clips of River yeah. Plate and Boca Juniors and all these great teams throughout the world. Mm. You know, your Benfica, your Portos and, you know, uh, your Barcelona. So we did see glimpses of them, but, I mean, we get more chance to see more of them. But oh, absolutely. What a, what a great centre-forward. But going back to what I was saying about Guardiola, the other the other big lad he plays is, is, is Lewandowski. But other than that, yeah. his, his forwards have always been, mm. you know, 5 foot 10, 5 foot 5, 5 foot 8, all that type of thing. And his his emphasis is keeping the ball, of trying to pull people out of out of bad out of good areas into bad areas. United are absolutely destroying Sociedad, by the way. Um, but quarter TC, a regular feature that we do on the uh, on the podcast. First book up this week is uh, Mavericks. English football when flair war flares by Rob Steen. A tremendous book about our wonderful players of the 70s in those halcyon days of the golden age of football. How long has that been out? Is that is that new? Cool? It's been out for some time to, to be uh, to be truthful, yeah. But I uh, I only bought it the other day. I'm going to get me teeth. I've got that many books to uh, to get me teeth into, but um, that is one book that I purchased the other day. So I'm looking where, forward to reading. Where that. do you get the time? Because you're on every day with podcasts. Well, I do podcasts generally. Well, with you every Wednesday. Sometimes it's a Thursday, like it is this week, and I tend to do just one other in a week, whether that be hoodie on a Sunday morning, or my seventies. Or a game of my life, yeah. and I'm doing people, another yeah. project with um, Aston Villa. Uh, Colin Abbott that wrote a wonderful book, 150 years of the well, the first 150 years of Aston Villa. We did cover that in Book Corner a couple of weeks ago. So I don't always get chance to read all these books, but we do give them a mention on Book Corner. Yeah. and one Which of these good. days Brilliant. I will get round to reading them. I'm actually at the moment reading Grandad. What was football? like in the 1970s by Richard Crooks and you do get one or two mentions because he's an absolute mad Sheffield Wednesday supporter we are going to be talking about the big game of the weekend in a short while Uh, book number two in book corner this week is football 50 most important moments in the game uh, by Ben Jones and Gareth Thomas. It looks at football throughout the ages and it doesn't give all of the best moments because 
there are more than 50 magic moments or most important moments in the game. But it's a it's a lovely book. Football is more than just a game. Over the past 150 years, it's become a source of identity, conflict and debate for all that follow and play it. It's reached the farthest corners of the globe and boasts more players and supporters than any other sport. Football's 50 most important moments charts the illustrious colourful and often tragic history of football covering the sport's most significant and staggering moments and it is a great read it's what again one of those books tc that i love that you can read it front to back back to front or dipping at any chapter and read about some of the uh, the finest moments. Diego Maradona's hand of God gets gets a mention, as does the uh, first televised football match, the Supergar Air Disaster, the 1950 World Cup match of the century, England versus Hungary in '53, and the Munich Air Disaster, just to name a few. So a great book that's out there. Go onto Amazon and uh, check it out and buy it. Pretty much. What was, what was I going to say? What was the first televised match? Um, let's just have a quick look. I'm not sure. Let's have a. Let's I know the first. Uh, I know. I know 1937. Wasn't was it the was it the FA Cup final? Uh, Cardiff and Arsenal. Uh, 30. I'm sure. I've got no idea. It was. Well, the reason why I said that is 57. I, I let's have a look. I know. I know when the um, the first um... yeah Cardiff versus Arsenal it was the first televised game was it yeah uh, uh, the the first advertisement on uh, TV was uh, a toothpaste oh, okay. in 1955 that's the reason why I asked you and what all... was the what was the uh, first televised match but I, I thought you must have looked through the book and I wonder what that game only because I wanted to know myself yeah no you know. It... Yeah, it is 1937. Uh, but again, football's 50 most important moments, a magic book. And one from Alan Hudson, The Matador, The Life and Career of Tony Curry by E.J. Huntley. Uh, Alan always says there was two players that made him have an early night, Alan Ball and Tony Curry. And it is an absolute fantastic read. It's not an autobiography. It's a biography. Fundamental difference. Tony Curry didn't write the biography. E.J. Huntley did. But it is a magnificent read. And I did an interview with Tony, uh, a My 70s interview. So, guys, if you want to check him out, srbmedia.com. Or check out my Facebook page, My 70s Football Interviews, and Twitter as well. And brilliant to watch. Yeah, all 19 are there. I absolutely love doing them. And uh, that's all three books, TC, this week in Book Corner. Um, The first one, Mavericks was given to us, recommended to us by uh, My Football Books. All the W's, myfootballbooks.com, a tremendous page, again, on Facebook and Twitter, promoting and highlighting some of the most wonderful football books that we've got out there on bookshelves up and down the country. Yeah, well... You talked about uh, us doing this podcast uh, t- uh, tonight. We were supposed to do it last uh, last night, but yeah, we uh, were. I had to go. Well, I had to go for a, uh, a COVID uh, jab, but I can't. I can't have one. I've had to have some blood tests, and because 
I had a flu. I was telling you, I had a flu. I had a flu uh, job when I played for uh, Notts Forest. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it put me in hospital for 10 days. Oh, your air fell out, didn't it? Yeah, parts of my hair came out. Mm. Parts of my skin, my skin shed. You know, not all at once. My nails came out. So I can't have a COVID. So, well, I'm saying I can't have a COVID. The waiting for these blood tests to come back, speaking to the people at the hospital where where I had where I had to where I spent those ten days in hospital. So until that gets sorted out, I can't even have a COVID test. So I don't know what the world's coming to this moment in time, but uh, I hope it gets sorted out and it's either I'll be okay without it or if I've got to have it, then I'll have it. Absolutely, TC. And because we were going to do it last night, I've done it on this day. And on this day in 1982, Alan Brazil hit all five games in a 5-2 win against Southampton. Fantastically. You all five goals. He scored all five goals, Alan Brazil. He was some player in his day, wasn't he? Yeah. And oh, he was a good player. Yeah. Especially at Ipswich. Yeah. Um, and then he went to Man United where it just didn't go right for him. Yeah, he played at Tottenham and uh, Manchester United, didn't yeah, he? And then, and then he, I think he started to have problems with his back. Mm. You know, uh, but it's same as as Gary uh, as Gary Bertles because Forrest, it looks a will beat. He goes yeah. to Man United and struggled, didn't it? Again, you so can do it because when you go to yeah. those when you go to those places, you've got to be able to handle the pressure because. That's the difference when you when you become a manager. Can you handle the pressure when yep. you're playing in Manchester City? Absolutely. Absolutely, TC. Time Vault this week in conjunction with World... Sorry, World. In conjunction with Football Masters magazine, the best online retro magazine out there. We're going to look at Dennis Mortimer briefly, his career. Did you ever play against Dennis? I, I, yes, I did. I've played against him a couple of times. Yes, good player, very, very, very brilliant midfield player. Yeah, but it, like you say, in those days there were, there were stacks of uh, quality players. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Dennis Morty. He always he always had a beard when he was playing. Yeah, and I like the Aston Villa team. What went on to win the Champions League and the league title? Yeah, but in, in, for, see, I like to watch football. Even though you know, if 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 Aston Villa playing Sheffield Wednesday and they beat they beat us, I'm not one of them. I look at it and think, well, they were the better team. Yeah. You know, and it's like my favourite Sheffield Wednesday player of all time is Jim, is, uh, Jim McCallion. Yeah. You know, my greatest, my favourite player of all time is George Best. Yeah. But Jim McCallion, uh, he always used to remind me of George Best. Great skill, silky with the ball and everything. And, you know, if I, if I weren't George Best, I was Jim McCallion uh, yeah. after a cup final, any cup final, you know. Uh, we'd go down to the field, me and, me and my brother David, and what we would do, uh, he'd be Peter Osgood, you know, and then I'd be Jim McCallie, or I'd be George Best, or I'd be Bronco Lane, that type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, Dennis was a great player, a great player. He played uh, over 600 games in, uh, in, in League and Cup, started his career in 1969, for uh, Coventry City, played uh, 193 league games, scoring 10 goals for Cov. Got his move to Aston Villa in 1975 and was there 10 years. 
317 league games, uh, 31 uh, goals. Went to Sheffield United on loan in 85 after the Villa. Moved to Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only played seven times. Moved to Brighton in 85 to 86. Uh, 40 games, two goals. And then he moved to Birmingham City in 86-87, playing in 33 league games and scoring four goals. Honours, League Cup winner in 77 with the Villa. League champions with the Villa in 81. 81. Yep, European champions in 82 with the Villa. Super Cup champions in 83 with the Villa. And they shared the charity shield with Tottenham at Wembley when Withy scored uh, a brace um, in 1981. Fantastic career. Capped at England youth level, under 23s, and captained the B team of England as well. The wonderful Dennis Mortimer. And there is a wonderful book. We're going to talk about it uh, next week in Book Corner. But it's Aston Villa. Uh, First Division Champions, 1980-81, the 40th anniversary tribute. So more about that next week. And I'm going to be doing a series of podcasts with Dennis and the boys, the class of 81. Because we always remember and we always hear about Nottingham Forest's uh, back-to-back European Cup wins. We always hear about Liverpool. But... There was another team that won the European Cup back in the 80s. I know Chelsea won the Champions League, but they didn't win the European Cup. They won the Cup Winners' Cup, but not the European Cup. Back in them days when you had to win your domestic league to play in the European Cup, there was Aston Villa as well. But I think Villa always gets left out uh, for some unknown reason. But what a team. Played with 14 players and seven of those TC were ever present. It was one of the greatest feats of British football um, abroad and at home. And we're going to be reliving those wonderful times of 40 years ago with me new project. Um, Great achievement. But they were, they, were, they were a good team, Aston Villa. Yeah, they were. They were a very, you know, a very, 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 very good team. And don't forget, the, the goalkeeper, Jimmy Rimmer, got injured. and um, In the final, yeah, and Spinks went in goal, yeah. Spinks, yeah. I'm going to call him Sparks. And Spinks uh, yeah. went after, well, it took a couple of minutes or so. Yeah, it was, it was only after a few minutes. I think I think Jimmy Rimmer was already injured going into the game and um, the injury just flared up and um, and he, he couldn't carry on. But it was really early in the game against Bayern Munich. And just briefly going back to when they won the league, they played 42 games that season. To win the to win the championship, but fourteen of those were local derbies against Birmingham Forest, Leicester, Coventry, Albion, Wolves, and Stoke. So you could argue that it made it even more difficult because the local derbies are a more difficult game to play in. And Dennis was talking to me today and saying how difficult it was, especially when they played Birmingham City, because he said when we played Birmingham, all they seemed to want to do was kick us. And I said, Dennis, nothing changes. That's how Birmingham have always played the game of football. Are Birmingham going to play that same way against you guys Saturday? It's the game of the weekend, TC, at oh. Hillsborough, Wednesday versus City. It's going to be... It's a pressure game. Uh, whichever manager is going to uh, get his team to attack, but, but at the same time, they've got to be able to understand the importance of defending when they haven't got the ball. Um, you talk about six-pointers. This is a six-pointer. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, we're lucky that everybody else got beat. You've gone a bit low, TC. What have you done with the phone? 
Can you hear me now? Yeah, you are. Yeah, that you put it back to your ear again. No, what I did, I put my hand over, my finger over to speak. I didn't realise <laughs> I'd done that. Uh, what what I'm done is, what I'm saying is that everyone else uh, uh, got beaten uh, around Wednesday. So this is a big one on on, on is it Saturday the plane? Yeah, plane Saturday. Yeah, the big one on Saturday for for both of them. And obviously, I, I want us to win, and you want them uh, Birmingham to win. You've it's going to be very, very interesting. You've still got a, a game in hand on Blues. You've played 29, Birmingham have played 30. I soon have the points. Yeah, and we're both on 28 points. You're right, it is a six-pointer. Rotherham just above the drop zone are on 29, followed by Coventry 31, Huddersfield 33, Forest 33, and Derby are just pulling away of late. Rooney seems to have got the uh, the boys uh, winning some games of football and installed a bit of confidence in Derby and you can see Derby probably getting to mid-table safety and how ridiculous the championship is. <laughs> there might be an up, skip and a jump again away from the playoffs. Well, I've been impressed. Uh, how the, to say that they're a team near the bottom of the league, Derby, mm. uh, I've been impressed with the football, the standard of football they yeah. play. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and looks as though they're not playing with pressure. Yeah, and when you're near bottom of the league, at any in any league, you know, it it, it's, it takes some doing. It it, it it takes bravery from a manager from the players to try and attack teams. And you need some leadership there as well. Who's Sheffield Wednesday's leaders? I can't see Birmingham um, that have got any. I thought uh, last night the result a two nil away defeat to Millwall by all accounts it was abject I didn't watch it I did turn it on for a couple of minutes the picture looked awful in fact it reminded me of 1977 when I watched the game via satellite England versus Argentina from Buenos Aires and the pitch was worse than the broadcast we watched the way that both teams were playing we turned it back over and watched Everton well, I, I'm a big uh, Barry uh, Baden fan, um, and if he if he's on if he's on form and we're playing half decent, he he's the difference of, of putting those killer balls through, yeah, uh, and, and splitting the splitting uh, passes between players, which can make a difference. So he, he's one of the main instigators, you know, what links up with the, the defending and, and and the attacking. So he, he's he's the one what what's got that little bit of specialness about him what can change a game for Sheffield Wednesday he's, he's the one that's going to sprinkle that magic dust who's the players up front that's going to put the ball in the back of the net because again with Birmingham City the way that we're playing I A can't see us scoring a goal and B I can see us conceding which isn't a good recipe well it, it all depends who, who he's going to play yeah you know I want to see Rhodes in there and if we get the right balls into him he's a natural goal scorer yeah Reaches it and miss, but he's he's got a he's got a, a powerful shot on him, and he mm. can score the he can score the unexpected goal. Yeah. So they're the ones what uh, are the capable ones of doing something out of the ordinary, whereas the others, you know, uh, will work hard for the team mm. if if they're getting the ball. Yeah. You know, uh, but for me, Rhodes will 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 get goals if 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 we give him the service. 
He always has done, hasn't he? He's been a decent, um, a decent goal scorer in his time. But again, goal scorers, you know, it's all about the service. I was reading in the shoot uh, annual in 1972, how to stop Jeff Astle. And it said, close down and stop Bobby Hope. So whether we were looking at football in the 70s and the 50s, we're looking at him now. Jordan Rhodes needs that player that puts that ball for him to for him to finish it off. Football Joe, isn't difficult. It's a simple game. It's always been the same. It hasn't changed. Joe, Jordan Rhodes needs two things. Yep. You've hit the nail on the head with that. And the other major one is the manager to pick him. Yep. And to put his arm around him. Look, we all know in football, all footballers will tell you, uh, you're going to get a rollicking if things are not going right. Yep. But that, what happened with that rollicking, it's always the same people who get the rollicking. Yeah. Right? And the, the managers don't put the arms around the right players what need that type of uh, encouragement. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll encourage the ones what you, you could say they could get away with the bollocking. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a Jordan, Jordan Rhodes for me. But I will say this, he's not complained, he's got on with it. And, you know, he's had about five managers there. What's not wanted to play him? Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. When you've got a goal scorer, what do people say? You know, if we had a goal scorer, yeah. you, we've got one, we don't play him. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Absolutely crazy. Uh, game of the 70s, TC. We were going to look at uh, the League Cup final of 1972, but we're going to do that next week. I've just done a, uh, a podcast, Game of My Life, with Willie Carr. So we're just going to have a quick uh, chat about uh, Willie. There was a game that we that he played in, not for Coventry, transferred to Wolverhampton Wanderers, which we have mentioned this a few times on the podcast. It was a game that Wolves won. Bolton, Bolton. didn't go up. You, while you was in the air on the way to Torremolinos, you won. You you got promoted on the strength of Wolverhampton Wanderers winning that game at Bolton. Now, Willie Carr, John Brindley, who's writing your book, reckoned that he went in goal that day. I've done the interview with Willie. He didn't go in goal, but Bobby Gould went in goal for the last five or six minutes. And Willie was saying it was like the Alamo. They kept, they got some big lads at Bolton team. I think Big Sam was playing from that day. They yeah. kept launching the ball up, and Gouldy was absolutely magnificent in in what he had to do. And he says Bolton were never going to win. It was always going to be us that was going to pick up the uh, the points and uh, ultimately promote Nottingham Forest. But what a top man, Willie. And he also said as well, and when we look at fine margins, he says, you know that free kick that we scored? It, we didn't set out to do that. And it was Kenny that touched the ball with his studs and made the ball live. And he had to adapt because he was going to make a pass. Then the pass was going to go through to Kenny. But because Kenny had touched it and the, and the Bolton players were coming out at him, he had to improvise. So we put the ball over the wall and Kenny volleyed it. So, and I said to Willie, isn't it amazing how by just your improvisation and your scoring had such an effect on another team in football? When you've got good players, I was saying to Jock, when you buy good players, yeah. all you need is organisation and gain the right balance of the team. Yep. And, 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 you know, the philosophy for those players. Yep. Not to be... Uh, 
confusing players. I want you to do this and I want you to do that. I've seen players and I've been in teams when players have gone, hang on a bit, we'll try this, right? Now, every week you do a free kick, there's always scouts watching uh, what type of free kick you're taking. And in the dressing room, the manager will go over, uh, this is how they take a free kick, this will be on it, This will. he'll be at the far post, he'll be coming to the near post, yep. he'll be doing this. But players, are then the good players would turn around and say, hang on a bit, Let's just try this because they'll be they'll be expected to be doing this free kick, you know, uh, what we've been practicing all week, and when we when we have played it in, in when we have tried it in certain games, they'll be they'll be expecting that. So to throw off, throw them off with 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 the unexpected uh, different free kick, the good players will do it. Yeah, and Cluffy, Cluffy used to say to us, and now with Kendall. Robo, get on the free kicks. Or Terry, get on the free kicks. Sheeds, get on the free kicks. You know, whoever's got the quality, yeah. whoever's got the quality to um, produce, you know, the accuracy with that ball, whether it's a shot at goal or whether they put it into high areas for players to come onto, that's who you want on the ball. Yeah. Not the, we, work, we work in this country of having six foot two, six foot three lads get into the box. Throw it into where 50 50 ball knocks from the out of way, you know, and, and then it's either a free kick, right? Or the keeper comes and ed, uh, comes and uh, catches it, or the two set the backs goes, goes and ed, uh, edges it away. Crazy, I can't, we're crazy in this country and, and how we think about football. We certainly do, but back in them days, Willie was saying he teamed up with, uh, with Ernie Hunt and they used to just work on free kicks, and he, he said. When he moved and, and played with the Wolverhampton Wanderers, he said, "I've done the same with Ibby, and we we used to we used to just work with with free kicks, and you know we'd work together on on different things. So it it almost comes natural and, and second nature for teams, and and you you can see the ones that practice it, you can see the ones that just make it up on the uh, on the spot. How's the book coming on, TC? Is it finished? And while we're talking about Forrest, and you're going to give me your answer, in 1969-70 season, Forrest achieved a very praiseworthy record. It was the 24th year in succession that the club had completed a term without a player being sent off in a league match. Well, that's a that's a, an incredible achievement, isn't it? Is it? it? Twenty four uh, years. Uh, where, whereas, with my book, what happens is everyone seems to come to ours. <laughs> it's not uh, dropping any. By the way, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. No, I know. You know, and we finish up with a group of people in ours talking about football, all different things, and then when they finish, they say, "What a great uh, afternoon we've had there." I said, "Yeah, but we haven't done any any work on the book." <laughs> Uh, or, the, or then we'll finish up with doing half hour on the book. You know what I mean? Instead yep. of doing two or three hours, what we should be doing. Um, but there's no way we want to get it out at this moment in time without this COVID thing is anyway. Yeah, pointless. Um, mm. But it, it, we're not far off it. We just keep adding little things to it. Uh, I'll come up with some more different things. What happened inside the game with certain players and managers? Uh, so he'll he'll reroute that into it. So we're not far off it. It's, I mean, we could we could finish it this week, really, in one sense. Mm. But I think John Light's coming up for 
uh, on a Wednesday to uh, not only to do just to do the book, but to to have a chicken sandwich <laughs> and uh, and all the people what come in. Because they all they all love the conversations what we have. <laughs> and when I say pointless, I don't mean that it's pointless releasing a book at this time. But what I'm saying is, when it's a former player, and you know you're going to be going and doing book signings at Nottingham Forest, at Derby, at Sheffield Wednesday, certainly Sheffield Wednesday in particular, because it it's a little bit Sheffield Wednesday heavy, isn't it, this book? It's a bit different, and there's more Sheffield, and Big Runs wrote the foreword, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Um, Ron, uh, we got Ron to uh, do a foreword, yeah. because it's about the club itself. Yeah. You know, uh, and my love for Sheffield Wednesday, and where I, where I thought where I thought it had gone wrong, and what I mean gone wrong, uh, it was getting relegation. What's the reason why we got relegated, and what you know what what should we be doing? What should we what should we be doing? Yeah. You know, never to get in this scenario again, because this is the third time I think they've gone down into third division if yeah. if they get relegated this time. You know. And let's hope that they don't get relegated. But uh, for a club that size, you know, it, it should not, it should no way near be in fighting for relegation. Nobody's got a damn right to be in that league, but clubs like Sheffield Wednesday should never be in that scenario. No, it is quite incredible. And it does look as though there is going to be a team, a decent sized team. Because when you do look down the bottom there, Sheffield Wednesday are the biggest club in that bottom six or seven. Huddersfield also are being sucked into a relegation battle. And Huddersfield are a massive club. or They certainly were in the 20s, wasn't they, when Herbert Chapman won? I think it was back-to-back championships. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then he went to Arsenal and did it at Arsenal. Yeah, he did. He was the first one to uh, win league championships with two different clubs and two very different clubs as well, wasn't they? Huddersfield and uh, Arsenal. That's an incredible achievement, that, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, nobody's ever done that. Treble, treble. No. You know, when I say treble, treble, I mean, three years running at Huddersfield and three years running at Arsenal. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the great managers, what we've had, have never done that, ever, ever. I've got a book about the uh, life of Herbert Chapman as well in my library. So that's going to be one that we'll have a look at as well next week. What book haven't you got? Well, I have got quite a few, to be fair. <laughs> my missus says, when you've read them, you're going to give them away. I looked at her, okay? I'm listening. I'll tell, you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. There used to be me, Brendan, Brendan O'Callaghan. Yeah. A lad called Alan Murray in Diggs with Mrs. Norbury yeah. at Eastport. We'd signed Alan, who was a senior player. We'd signed him from Brentford. Great character, yeah. you know. And uh, Big Brent had his own room. But me and uh, Alan, we used to call him Ruby Murray. I, I, you know, his nickname was Ruby. Yeah. And um, he, used to be, he used to buy the Knave magazine <laughs> every month, right? And as usual, I was always pet that uh, landlady and Mrs. Norby absolutely loved me. And lads used to wind me up about it, like you know, yeah. what you know. I used to love her. Um, what is it? Uh, banana and custard right. uh, as a sweet, and she used to do that especially for me when other lads want something else. Anyway, he used to get this magazine, right? 
Nave magazine every month, Alan. And the daughter used to come and clean house, right? And he put, he obviously used to, he used to hide the book, but he put the book under my bed, <laughs> under the mattress. Yeah. Right? And the daughter used to come and clean, and she must have found this and said something to Mrs. Norbury. Anyway, uh, I mean, I was by myself one day, and them two had gone out somewhere doing something. They might have gone to a, a charity uh, function. And she said, Debbie, can I have a, a little word with you? I said, of course you can, Mrs. Mrs. Norbury. What, what's the matter? She said, I forget what they call the daughter now. I mean, I'm going back, what, 1974, 75? Yeah. 73, 74. And uh, she says, she was a bit embarrassed because she found this magazine. And I went, I can't believe this. I can't <laughs> believe what she said to me. Right? But I didn't drop Alan in it. Yeah. I said, well, it's not my Mrs. Norbury, so I don't know where it's come from. I really don't. And to this day, I bet she never believed me on that. But <laughs> he used to buy that Navy magazine. Were you going on about books? It came into my head. That's a true story. And when I told him, I said, you, you, I nearly swore then. And he couldn't stop laughing, like, you know. But we used to have some laughs, me, Big Brendan, and, uh, I mean, to be honest, that was a, they would always, there was, we was always fighting delegate, uh, re-election Doncaster. Yeah. And then me and Brendan signed for, for, uh, Brendan broke into first team first before I did. But we had a great forward line in Mickey Elvis, Big Brent, me and Peter Kitchen. And Kitch was a technical player. Yeah. You know I mean? For some unknown reason, I don't know why Kitch never played in the, in, in the old first division, you know, uh, but what a goal scorer! Technically gifted and you know understand the game, but some managers didn't. I mean, he weren't over big kids. When I say weren't over big, what five foot ten? By, by age, five yeah. foot ten, five. You know, so as a striker. But when we were playing, if you weren't six foot two, six foot three, three balls into into box, mm. you know. But he was a great goal scorer and he was a great player. He definitely should. He's he's one of them players I played with. What should have played at, at an A level. There's a lots of them though, isn't there? TC that played oh. in the third, well, fourth division, third division, and you know the what's now the championship, and and sometimes some of the clubs are a bit reticent to to buy and spend a little bit of money on 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 those kind of players. Bit, Whereas if yeah. they did, you're right. I mean, Kitch when he destroyed, he destroyed. Chelsea uh, that one Listen, year they had a great cup run didn't they when he scored we, against a number of first division clubs we we played Liverpool or foot Liverpool yeah exactly and he was a diamond that night yeah absolutely that, yeah. that, that Saturday and I mean a diamond he was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. and Keegan equalised it last 10 minutes and yeah. that's the year when they won it in 74 yeah when yeah. they beat Newcastle mm-hmm. um Unbelievable, great player, absolutely yeah. great player. But uh, I mean, he picked him because he was scoring goals. But Morris, for some unknown reason, Morris Setters uh, didn't like him. It, sometimes you get that with managers. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, won't play him, and, yeah. But he played him. But for some unknown reason, you know. But for me, Kitch. I mean, we were only young lads, me and mm. uh, um, Bren. Kitch would be about two or three years older than us. Yeah. And he got that experience. But he, I mean, Mickey always got his move up to, to Preston and Mickey was a good player. Mm. But for me, Kitch was the best of us lot at yeah. that time. 
it, it you know, is because I, I, I always thought he would go and play in first division. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy that that sometimes you get that move and 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 you you swim in uh, in in new streams, and then sometimes you just don't get that little bit of luck or that rub of the green, and uh, you you still have a tremendous career uh, playing not in the top level but just under the top level, but could so easily cut a career out at the uh, at the highest level. TC, I can hear the wife powering up that vacuum as we speak so it can only be one thing it's the football forecast first game friday night watford versus one of your old clubs derby informed derby how do you see this going uh a draw what score one one one. i'm gonna go one two because it's a it's that silly season, and I think the silly season started early this season. Brentford seems to have had a little wobble at the wrong time. Bournemouth had a, a little wobble, and, and possibly they're, they're getting back on course under Jonathan Woodgate. So, Yeah, he's not going to get the job, though, is no, he? No, I find it amazing. I just think, do you know... When he's doing so well, there's no need to bring in a new manager. Just let him play game by game and you keep picking up them wins. And they've they've gone on a decent run now under Woody. So it isn't broken. So why try and fix it? I, I just think sometimes in football, the powers that be can be a little bit stupid. It's funny because he didn't do particularly well at Middlesbrough. No, he didn't. He's gone but, down there. Yeah. That's football, isn't it? Yeah, again, it is. You know, sometimes you move to a club, it doesn't quite click into place. Sometimes you move to another club shortly after, clicks into place, and there you are. You're up and running again. Saints and Chelsea, who's going to be up and running and taking the points from uh, this next game? One of your former clubs, Southampton. I don't like. I don't like to see uh, mm. picking other teams to beat me teams who I played against, but. Chelsea's playing really well. Southampton, I think this manager, uh, Ossenthal, will get a, a, a top job. Yeah. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Chelsea. Right, you're going 2-1 Chelsea. I'm going to go 2-1 to Saints. Again, Thomas Tuchel's come in. He's turned around. He's had back-to-back wins. Young Frank was on a bit of a dodgy wicket. And it, it just is fine margins at times. If Timo Werner had put a couple of balls in the bag, then perhaps Frank would still be in a job. But you know, he scored the uh, the second goal the other day for for Chelsea Werner. So you know, has he found that Midas touch again? And it don't take an awful lot. Again, fine margins, isn't it in football? Fine. Oh. Fine margins in the next game, TC. Liverpool versus Everton. And uh, I remember Inchi kicking off with a smile. One of the yes, uh, derbies. No, We're not going to say why. I talk about the radio. <laughs> But they were sh- they were they were smiling after as well. Started yeah, one of the best, goal, one of the best in uh, well, I think it was goal of the season that season, wasn't it? Sharpie's goal. Yes, it was. I think it did get goal of the season. Mm-hmm. How do you see this Merseyside go derby going, TC? I think it's half past one, five one. as well, isn't it? One one. One one. They do tend to be close affairs. I'm going. Is either close affairs or Liverpool going four or five? Yeah, they do, don't they? 
I think Everton are looking at looking aside again. Yeah, they are. I agree, but I still think that Liverpool uh, are going to do a job on them. Two one for me for the for the red side of uh, of of Liverpool there. Huddersfield versus Swansea. Huddersfield really are in bad form, and Swansea are good. Two one. I'm going to go 3-0 Swansea. I think that Steve Cooper's doing a fine job. And a manager that you identified probably in the early days of the podcast, didn't you? I did. And and I told everyone, I I wrote on my Facebook that Grimsby would be in a relegation battle and look where they are now. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? You're like the mystic Meg of the football world. And guys, by the way, you can follow these shows. I don't go on it that I don't go on it that way. I look at I listen to what they say and how they and 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 how they set the teams up and I can tell straight away whether there's going to be a good manager, a bad manager, indifferent manager. And I like Steve Cooper. I like I like how his teams play and I like I like how he how he speaks after a game. Absolutely. At Current View on Twitter and The Current View on Facebook. And also join the group and enter the conversation. Forest versus Blackburn up next, TC. How do you see this one going? Well, Forest have picked up. I'm going to, think, I'm going to go for a, it's either a 1-0 Blackburn or one, I'm going to go one apiece. 1-1. One, one. Because they played quite well against Swansea the other day. I'm going to go one nil Forest because they again he's got them organised, hasn't he? Because Chris Hooten yeah. does do that. He's very methodical in his approach to a game, and I can see Forest picking up three points there against Blackburn. And finally, because our two boys are playing each other, it is our game of the weekend. TC, what's the prediction for Sheffield Wednesday versus Birmingham City? I'm going to go for. I think you're. In, I think you're in the worst position at the moment in time. I'm going to go for a two-nil Sheffield Wednesday. Two-nil Sheffield. Well, I'm going to go nil-nil because I can't see Birmingham scoring a goal. I think Birmingham will go quite defensive. I think that when he does set his teams up, Karanka, he tends to have eight defensive-minded players. That includes the goalkeeper. And three, if we're lucky, up front. I think he'll even go more negative at Hillsborough on Saturday. So, I just can't see Birmingham. I think Birmingham will do well if they get a corner. So, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my prediction. Nil, nil. That's the All best right. that we can hope for. So, what are we going out with, TC, this week? Right Oh, great song. T-Rex. What a tremendous song. What a fantastic group. And it's one of Silky's cousins as well. Yeah, I didn't realise that until yeah. uh, Silky wrote about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, TC, till next time, thank you uh, for your time. Love to you and yours. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast once again. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, everyone. I'd love to everybody at your event. Tom, man. Let's hope we're both singing the blues. We're a tall hat, like the druid in the old days. We're a tall hat and a tattooed gown. 
Ride a white swan that the people love A bell dream where you head long Did you can't go wrong Catch a bright star in a place you know Your forehead say a few spells And baby there you go Take a black cat and sit you down your shoulder And in the morning you'll know all you